Ray, thank you for taking time to be on the Bitcoin Source. I'm super excited to have this um, conversation with you. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience? What's up, everybody? My name is Ray Youssef. I am an Egyptian immigrant, first generation to New York City. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and I want to help humanity break free. That's what I do every single day. Thank you, Ray, for that introduction. And of course, we know what's going on with Paxful. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about. But before we get into the intricate details of what happened with Paxful, I kind of want to take a step back and ask you, you know, how did you get started in Bitcoin, your humble beginnings, whether it was people, books, courses in the ecosystem that might have inspired you to start to become a Bitcoin? Yeah, brother. So I got my first computer when I was uh, 19. It's a while ago. And uh, I started with the startups. I taught myself how to code. If you think about it, you know, the internet is uh, you know, the world's, it was truly peer-to-peer -peer technology, right? It's the genesis of the all. Beautiful. I built a, uh, my first startup was peer-to-peer uh, -peer ringtones. Right? Every single one of my startups, almost all of them, was file sharing, ringtones, music, social network, whatever it was. And every single one of these startups, I always had the same problem. Billing. My first startup was ringtones, and every 16 year old wanted mission possible because they didn't have credit cards. We were selling to a largely unbanked audience. So, how do you serve them? And every single startup after that, it's always been the same story. Build something awesome. Now you just have to get paid for it. And who do you end up going through? Visa and MasterCard, which is a pretty good product, right? It's the best financial product in the United States, in Australia. But it's when you actually go in and study the structure of it, you're like, wow, it's four different companies and it's two different banks to make one single credit card transaction work. That's crazy. And that's actually the best that the financial system has. If you look at that compared to SWIFT, it's a complete and utter dinosaur. In fact, the more you understand this system that we're living in, it's like, wow, it's a mixture of stupidity, cowardice, defeat, and other unaccountability. And that's the good part of it. That's the good part. So that's the Western system. And as bad as it is, it actually works for people in the West. When you actually come to understand what people in the global South, by that I mean Africa, Southeast Asia, Latin America, etc., what they go through on an everyday basis, you start to wonder how, they, how they're not even extinct yet. I'm from Egypt. Egypt's a prison for money. You can't get your money out of the country. It's impossible. Your mother just lost about half of her life savings. It's an Egyptian bank lured her in with absurdly large interest, which she fell for. Then the interest rate was dropped to one third of that. And the, that devaluation of the currency dropped by over 50%. So she got completely destroyed. And now she can't even take out 40 bucks. That's bad in Egypt. Let's fast forward and go to Nigeria. These are typical Nigerian youth. And I can tell story after story here, but it is it's a total highway robbery. If a Nigerian person wants to get a dollar bank account, get a debit card, they used to spend online, buy whatever they want, EDMs or whatever, they're going to lose 50% on their currency getting those dollars, buying these unofficial ways in the black market. Then they're going to put those dollars in domicile accounts. And every time they spend it, they're losing half. So $100 becomes 25 bucks. That's the life that people in the global south have to go through. If they're lucky, those are the lucky ones that actually get any channel or conduit for the rest of the world. 
Those are the lucky ones. Losing seven times. So fast forward to actually this peer-to-peer marketplace like that. People come to me like, man, who the hell would sell a $100 gift card for 50 bucks a day? It must be a scam. It's not. It's just life. But there actually is a scam. And it's called the entire economic system that we're in. It's a massive scam. It was built to scam the South. 80% of the population having less than 20% of the wealth and it's all vast concentrated in the hands of a few corrupt people. That's a scam, and I call this scam economic apartheid. It's the biggest problem in the world. It has kept humanity deeply suppressed. It has suppressed people in the global south. It has even suppressed people in the west, all through different chains, chains they cannot see. And I, my intention is to break this system. And to that effect, peer-to-peer is the solution. We live in a very special time in the world where we have internet, we have mobile phones prevalent everywhere, and now we have peer-to-peer money. And I built a marketplace on top of it. It's taught me that this is the next step. The world needs unstoppable. This is one thing that can be Nothing else matters, only that. And it has to be built on ultrasound money, which is Bitcoin. I already built it. The problem was it was stoppable, as we all saw, despite my best efforts to appease the American regulators. One fourth of the company is compliance. They said, jump up, down. We said, how high, sir? They freeze this guy's funds. We said, okay, sir. And they're still not happy. The system is designed to hurt you. It's not designed to help you. That's the one thing we all have to understand. Look, I'm an American patriot. I live in America. I don't like, dislike America. I love America. But America doesn't like me. It's not because of my funny haircut. Maybe it is. Because of actually trying to change the system. Powers that these guys can do this because the world don't want that to change. That's always the way. But you see, I'm not down about it. I've got to smile on it. I know the future is very bright and we have all the tools in front of us. The question is, can we put them all together at the time? What is the definition of our success? What is God, what, a billion humans on this planet? Six billion in the global south? Four billion of them? Young, under 35, with massive population growth coming. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. The only bad thing is his brothers and his sisters are currently unemployed. We could fix that. We make the money flow. Wealth is created. Free trade creates wealth. You can't have free trade without But once you have all that, you have a free market. And the wealth explosion. No words can describe it. Imagine a thousand cities like the five cities up in the global south in just ten years. Oh, it's possible. It is possible. Everything is there. Most important, human effort, work, potential work is there. The ambition is there. The desire is there. The only reason these black, brown, and yellow people are rich is because there's no blood flowing through that part of the world. The world is one body. There's pain in one place we should all feel it. But they have segmented it off and doped up this entire body on drugs so we can't feel the pain from each other. But once blood starts flowing through this entire body, you're going to see a giant emerge. Well, which is our birthright. It's going to be everywhere, bro. Call me crazy.
but you know I believe it. Yeah, Ray, I appreciate that. And, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, your beginnings when you first got your first computer and just having the experiences of seeing your parents be entrepreneurs and just kind of going out there and learning how to code on your own and just doing all these different things that impacted you coming from Egypt and seeing the struggles that people in the global South have had, that kind of allows me to really think about you as an entrepreneur, a CEO, a founder, and your love to continue to build things to create solutions for people that are, you know, in the have not category. And that kind of makes me think about Paxful, right? Which, of course, everybody's been watching the news. They've seen what happened with Paxful. And Paxful has been super impactful for Africans, especially Nigerians and Kenya, um, Kenyans that live in the country of Kenya. But of course, you guys have suspended operations. Legally, how much can you speak about what happened um, in Paxful? Bro, I'm going to tell you everything. So here's the deal. Uh, there's currently a contempt of court charge hanging above my head because I've been very vocal about what's going on. I've been telling people the truth. You know, why would you know, I've been preaching self-custody for the past year. I send an email out every week, right? Because custodial exchanges are not the path forward, especially out of the United States. You know, the American apparatus has turned against financial freedom, and we see that happening right now. And that's part of the story. So we made the decision back in November when I saw what was happening in the United States, especially with peer-to-peer, -peer, especially with local Bitcoin traders going to jail, going to jail. Some of these guys even had a federal MSB money transmitter, license, money services business license, and they still went to jail. So currently, there's not a lot of love lost there. I'm not going to put my traders in danger by saying, yeah, you know, you can trade on this platform. If peer-to-peer -peer can't even serve the United States safely, how can it possibly serve the people of the global south? You go onto my timeline, you'll see all these brothers, a lot of them from Africa, saying, hey, man, you locked my funds and didn't give me a reason, you scammers. Well, we're not scammers. That's not the case. But American compliance, they have very, you know, they have, uh, they have very itchy trigger fingers when it comes to what they deem suspicious activity. And when the activity is deemed suspicious, you have to lock that brother's funds. Tell Uncle Sam about it. File you know, tens of thousands of dollars in paperwork. Put that through and wait for them to get back to you. And say, okay, it's good for them. That often takes years. And you can't even legally give these brothers and sisters a reason for that. Why did you suspect that? It's the law. What do you call a system like that? Broken? Maybe. Still definitely broken. But actually, it's not broken because it's demonic. It's actually working exactly as how it was designed to work. And that's the system that we need to deal with. So, I don't think peer-to-peer -peer is viable in the United States. I certainly don't think a peer-to-peer -peer company in the United States can ever claim or hope to serve 100%, certainly not the global south. The system there is engineered against that. Their compliance laws are engineered against that, so how can you do it? So we made the decision as a board back in November to cease operations as taxable by March. And my plan was to do so in a very controlled manner, give people a lot of warning, and make sure everyone got their money out. But what happened instead is my co-founder realized that if he did that, and he voted to do that, but then he went back on his word and sued me. And he launched a surprise lawsuit on MLK Weekend 
hoping to catch us off guard. It was loaded with character assassination, all these, all this rubbish about me, which was painful. And then he kept pushing this lawsuit so aggressively, some of the worst lawyers you can imagine, that my entire senior staff quit. All the chiefs resigned. They, could, they, they didn't want to work with Artur. They threatened to resign a year ago before we legally fired him from the company because he was incompetent and no one wanted to work with him. That. And after all this legal stuff, then being accused of being, you know, all these horrible accusations against him, they just all bailed. Even he even sued our general counsel, who was a Nigerian brother, claiming he was part of a huge conspiracy, and he resigned. Then he refused to pay the salaries of our most important staff, primarily our engineers and compliance people. So as of March 31st, that was last Friday, I had no engineers, no compliance people, and no senior level staff. And I warned him, you're not selling dog food, you can't keep a company like this running and keep legally, you know, secure people's funds if you can't guarantee the integrity of the platform, the security of the platform. He played a game of chicken, and he said that nothing would go wrong. And I, at that point, I was ready to go online and tell everyone everything, get your money off of this now. But because there was this lawsuit in front of me and it was my fiduciary duty in America, meaning your loyalty to the corporation and its stockholders is greater than any moral duty, meaning to the customers and their money, he said, no, Ray, you can't do that. You can't go out and tell people you don't give a damn what the court says. You're going to put people's customer funds first. That's exactly what I did. And I said so too, man. And I might be found in contempt of court real soon, actually. But fuck it, man. Uh, if that's the price I have to pay, I'm happy to pay it, man. Like, I don't give a damn about corporate law, man. I'm an honest man. If I keep my, if I give you my word, I'm going to keep my word. But if you're entrusted to hold people's money, you better put them first. It's their money. It's not our money. My parents were immigrants from Egypt. They were school teachers. We went to America. My father was washing dishes to bring me, my mother, and sister over. And then we finally got our own business. And you stand on Columbus Circle, Hell's Kitchen, the 80s and 90s, crack epidemic. It's one of the worst times to be alive in New York. It was kind of fun, but it was hell, too. And that's where I grew up. And I saw my parents fight for every damn cent. My mother and father didn't take a vacation ever. <laughs> you know, for like 20 years I was alive working with them. They never took one day off. My mother's hands were cracked from washing her clothes with bleach. So I don't give a fuck what anyone says, man. If you give me a choice, I'm going to screw over those people who are just like my parents or for some, like some dude in a suit. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm checking out of that. And I'm going all in on the people that raised me and the people that are from places where I'm from, just like me. I'm sorry, brother. I'm getting a little emotional here. Uh, I, you know, I really commend you for, you know, your efforts in trying to resolve this legal case and just making sure that Paxful customers are in a place where they feel comfortable, you know, supporting you as a founder, a CEO, and just keeping your name clean as far as um, all the cryptocurrency payments that are locked up into the company right now. Um, a lot of the people that I converse with and talk to, 
always mention Paxful, mm-hmm. contractors working for Paxful, and just Paxful has been really good to Africans in the country, getting them employment and just ha- helping them with remittances and other things. And I wanted to ask you because you said that you don't really care about the guy in the suit. You're always going to stand on your word. You recently you know, gave customers the ability to get their money back from the Celsius um, implosion that happened. You as a CEO, do you think that that was the most pivotal thing that you've done working at Paxful? Uh, I mean, it was nice. You know, it was a good thing to do. But I've been fighting a battle for the past, you know, five years that there was a lot more that was a lot more powerful. I've been fighting to keep our customers safe from uh, really from my co-founder who wanted to fill the whole platform up with tokens and all of these DeFi scams. And I said no. And I've been fighting on every single inch for every, every front for every single inch for the past five years on that. And I think a lot of that was much more impactful. Because even though we would have made more money, people would have lost money. So, you know, we're funding back 8.8 Bitcoin. People lost their money in Celsius. That was nice. But believe me, we saved people hundreds of millions, if not billions more, by not allowing all that rubbish to get on our platform and prey on those people. I think that's my greatest achievement, but it's all in the shadows. You know, it's nice to see, okay, yeah, they're funding Celsius. That's beautiful. I'm so happy we could do that. That came out of my own pocket, right? So that's nice. But keeping everyone safe from all that purely profit motive garbage, that was a lot more, actually. People won't see that struggle. But believe me, it was a struggle, brother. And, you know, you've had some other initiatives that you've done. You've had some nonprofit organizations. And I wanted to ask you, like, what is the status of the Bill with Bitcoin Foundation? And has the changes at Paxful impacted that organization? Built with Bitcoin needs some more support, but they're doing all right. And God willing, they'll have a lot more support. I hope that whatever next job I'll take, I'll be able to support them in that capacity as well as personally. There's a lot of people supporting Built with Bitcoin right now. Built with Bitcoin has built 12 schools around the world, I think five educational centers. The dream of Built with Bitcoin is to build 100 schools and uh, culminating with a school for gifted children, African X-Men style, somewhere in Africa to be announced. And that stream, dream still lives on, brother. I will not abandon that dream. It will get done. Amen. Yes, I think it's awesome, man. Like I, I've been watching this very closely. And of course, you know, there's good things and bad things that you hear in the media. And, you know, there's been so much craziness going on in the space the last few months, you know, just to still see that you have a nonprofit organization that you fully support and, you know, you're reaching out to people. And hopefully when people see this interview, They'll tap into Built with Bitcoin and see what the organization is about. And maybe you might get some donations or some sponsors to help that organization continue to flourish. But, you know, Bitcoin is a technology that is strategically embraced by the United States. But do you feel that there's going to be a future for Bitcoin in the United States with all the regulations, with all the crackdowns of the exchanges? Like you mentioned earlier, do you really see a future for Bitcoin in the United States? Not a future that's true to Bitcoin's original mission. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, man. Bitcoin is a tool of financial freedom, of liberation for all humanity. It's greater than any one company, greater than any one currency, uh, you know, greater than one company, greater than any country, excuse me. And the truth is, I failed to make it work in the United States. I failed to make a company that serves the global south with Bitcoin work as a regulated U.S. entity. Maybe someone will do better than me. Maybe Brian Armstrong will rise to the task 
and somehow work his magic with the regulators, but they don't seem too fond of him either. There's a lot going on in the United States right now, and we are just starting to see only you know, glimpses of it, but there's a massive iceberg underneath the water that we have no idea about, and it's coming. So I wouldn't put my bets on the United States in any capacity, especially when it comes to anything involving Bitcoin. Maybe these guys will be good. Maybe the SEC will find some kind of you know, middle ground with all these securities and make that somehow kosher. But again, it's just a way for people to invest just like stocks and people buy in and lose money. It'll be the same old game. But we're talking about true financial liberation. We're talking about the 40 million unbanked that live in the United States and giving those people a real path to success. They won't let Bitcoin be that. And in fact, you see companies like Cash App, which is an amazing product by an amazing team. I'm friends with those guys. They just got recently attacked. You saw the Hindenburg Research article on these guys, right? They're trying to accuse them of all kinds of shady stuff. But no, these are just people, normal people, unbanked people, middle class and lower middle class people transacting as is their right and they're putting a bad light on that as well they're certainly not going to let bitcoin achieve its true purpose in the united states no way brother no way man. yes it's weird because you know uh in the u.s the the mining industry is bolstering and um i think china and the u.s have the highest rate for hash rate for mining so it's just weird to see how there's so much differentiation between the mining sector and just the financial sector, whether it's the SEC, the CFTC, all these different organizations, they don't have a true understanding of Bitcoin yet. And they're still trying to figure out how to regulate it. How do they find a way to get taxes off of it? And I think that we're seeing the fallout with all the issues that we're seeing with exchanges, the price falling, that's really caused a lot of people to go bust. And I think that um, a lot of these organizations are kind of capitalizing on that. The disorganization of the industry is what they're capitalizing on. And I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, solutions, right? Things that you're actually doing in spite of all the craziness that's going on. There's tons of new innovations out there that's happening on different platforms, such as Noster without the KYC aspect, like HODL HODL and RoboSats. You know, with Noster blowing up, I really wanted to ask you, Ray, about your new innovation, your new baby that you're trying to bring out, which is the Civilization Kit. So could you kind of give a brief break breakdown of exactly what that is, the white paper, and how you're trying to use that to bring a solution to customers in the Global South? Yes, brother. The Civ Kit just stands for Civilization Kit basically civilization in a can. And what is civilization but commerce, right? Like, I mean, we talk about laws and governance and this and that, but the truth is laws only come into play where manners fail. And the vast majority of governance is about one thing. Where is the money flowing, right? That's what 99% of governance is. So we have, you know, a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer ledger, electronic cash that is Bitcoin, but people want to trade with each other. And trade is simple. I need to be able to discover what you've got. You just need to discover what I've got. And then we discover a price and do a trade. And if it's a good trade, most trades usually end up being good in some way. We both make money. And we go, each go back to our prospective communities with a lot more money than we had. And then we share that money with our communities. And then we develop new trade routes and more money comes in, and that's the magic of humanity. If you leave human beings alone with an honest system of money, and there's a truly free and open market for people to trade in, wealth will be created, people will be put to work. 
We've seen civilizations go from the toilet to some of the richest in the world in a span of less than four years. Look at the 13 colonies in America and the life they lived. These were guys that just got off a boat, started chopping down trees to make houses, and it was said that a, a peasant living in the 13 colonies had a better life than an aristocrat in France. Why? It was because of their money system and because they could trade freely between each other. We have no semblance of a free market in the world today. There is the West and the golden circle of Western finance, and there's everyone else trapped in economic apartheid and trying to eke out whatever meager existence that they can. The civilization kid is civilization in a can in that sense, in that any community or nation state will be able to spin up their own instance of this kit and they'll have everything they need for an unstoppable free market where anyone can trade with anyone else. It can be the guy next door, someone from Rwanda, can be trading with someone in Goma, can be trading with someone in Dominican Republic, can be trading with someone in California. Anyone can trade with anyone. And Bitcoin is the liquidity layer that makes all that value transaction happen. And instead of broken mechanisms like KYC, which is basically centralized identity, that's broken. For example, as an American company, we have to use, you know, for compliance, these proven and trustworthy partners like Jumio, which is a good company. But Jumio can't read the paper voter registration ID card of your average Nigerian at all. Even if that person has an ID at all, they can't read it. And the same goes for every other African country, and India, and China, and Russia. So how is KYC supposed to work? It's a policy of exclusion, not inclusion by that sense. So I propose that we replace KYC with KYP, as in peer. Peers identifying each other should they choose to. And KYP will be built into the SIF kit. It's coming in three stages, brother, perhaps more. The first stage is the marketplace itself, the order book built on Noster. Noster relays power this order book, so anyone, <coughs> just like Craigslist, can put up ads for whatever they want, and they can invite their friends to put up ads. Imagine anyone being able to start a Craigslist. Basically, is what it is. Anyone can start a Craigslist right now. And the billing system is built in. You see a trade you like? I want to buy some Bitcoin for you. Maybe I want to buy some hours from you. Maybe I want to buy your car. Maybe you want to buy my car, whatever it is. I can do a trade with you. I like your trade. We start a trade. Money goes from my Lightning wallet into the decentralized Lightning escrow with hash time lock contracts holding in place. Once the conditions of the trade are met, you release the coins, I get them, or vice versa, and the trade is done. We both give each other a positive reputation and it accumulates to our decentralized identity, and we go on trading, building up our reputation each time, choosing to identify who we trade with or not, and no one is in custody of our funds except us, and there is no liability. It's completely decentralized, thus unstoppable. That is phase one, and it is my dream that everyone in the Bitcoin space will build on this civilization kit. I've looked at what Ethereum has done, and I have to hand it you know, to Vitalik and the GAN. They have done an amazing job of building up huge support among developers. That's the best thing that they've got right now. Why can't we have that in Bitcoin? Don't have that in Bitcoin because there's not enough money flowing around. 
I love the maxis and I love the hollow philosophy. It's gotten us to where we are, but it, it's it's just we're in a place of kind of stinginess right now, right? Where all these brilliant minds are choosing to build on all these token garbage because there's more money there, and us Bitcoiners are just you know hodling. Doesn't work that way, brother. If you want to unleash trillion, hundreds of trillions of dollars of work, the money has to flow around, and that's my job as the hustler from New York City to make money flow around. So the phase one of the syndicate, get this marketplace up, get everyone selling whatever the hell they want on there. It's no one's problems but theirs. And get everyone transacting with everyone else in a way that no one can stop. That is what the syndicate will do. That is phase one. Phase two is we come up with a mobile friendly lightning wallet and that's very challenging but we believe we can do it. And decentralized identity with reputation. That's going to be absolutely massive. The marketplace is even more important than that, right? The marketplace has to come first, then the decentralized identity reputation. And once you have that, you have the basis to build all these other more complex financial systems and marketplaces, which could be naturally credit and lending. Huge. Whether it was people putting money into a pool, like the Ghanaian tech pool, the Nigerian industrial pool, the Kenyan agriculture, whatever it is, you have a reputation system, you have the problem, you solve the problem of who can get that money out. It could even be money markets. You can even let people create their own gift cards, all perfectly audible on the blockchain. These are real use cases. You could even recreate the existing systems that people in the global south use, like Isusu, Chama, Stockfeld, Palovagen, right? These money rotation clubs. All of that can happen. But if it happens on Ethereum, that's a Trojan host for tyranny, and the effort will be wasted. If it happens on Bitcoin, we're building on a layer of ultrasound money that can simply not be stopped. That's beautiful. And once we have that, there's no way we can lose. It's only a matter of time. Sivkit, build on it, and I might be your CEO. I'll be looking for a job soon. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I really, I really, you know, a lot of people have been kind of looking or finding out like what's Ray going to do next? What's his next project? And I'm just excited to hear really trying to build something that's going to revolutionize the way that we look at money, freedom, sovereignty. So I appreciate you, Ray, for kind of, you know, building something that, you know, a lot of developers, like I have a coding background and I'll tell you, you know, honestly, like it's very difficult, even if you code or you want to contribute to Bitcoin, it's still difficult to actually, you know, meet consensus and get people to actually approve some of the innovations that you want to push out there. And I think that the Civ Kit is going to allow people to really, you know, innovate and hone their skills and be able to trade and do pay to pay. Thank you, Ray, for um, actually trying to build that and change the world with it. They can go after anyone they want, but they can't stop an army of mosquitoes, right? That's peer to peer. So, Ray, this conversation has been awesome, man. I really enjoyed having, you know, the insight on what's happening with Paxful, the Civ Kit, you know, your next moves. But before we go, could you give people your social media handles and any last words or future endeavors that you want people to know about? Yeah, you can find me, Ray Paxful, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I might be changing that handle soon. So you hit me up before that. Telegram is also Ray Paxful. But hit me up anywhere. I also have a blog on Medium as well. Um, yeah, guys, you can find me anywhere. Just reach out. If you have a problem on Paxful or anything or just want to talk, hit me up. I talk to everybody when I can. I'm you know, constantly underwater, but you know, I'm here for the people. 
I'm here to make this work. Because the truth is, humanity is not going to win this one unless the people are fully engaged. And by the people, I mean the streets. People like our parents. People like you and me. If, that, if we don't do it, no one else will. As we've seen, our governments are completely fabulous. They're a bunch of clowns. Democracy is a joke. Everything is a lie. Literally everything from the medicine to the science. The, pretty much history, everything is a fake, right? We're living in the matrix. This world is a hologram. So what's real? Our love is real, brother. Our love for our children. Most importantly, our love for God. These are things that make us human. And when we, when we feel that humanity come over us, you know, you don't feel scared. You feel rich. You know, you feel like you have everything you need. And that's a clue to what humanity's natural state really is. Wealth, prosperity, and abundance. A lot of people ask me, why are you so crazy about Africa, Ray? And even if I wasn't African, if I was smart, I'd be crazy about Africa. Because the potential there is tremendous. I see a lot of all like brilliant brothers and sisters that I know already saying, hey, fuck the West, I'm going back home. And starting to build there. That's a really good sign. And even if those brothers and sisters from the West didn't come back, believe me, Africa has enough amazing, brilliant, exceptionally gifted talent in itself to carry this thing through to the max. Problem is, a lot of those, most of those brothers and sisters are unemployed. <laughs> Can you believe that? Once we fix that, the global South would be on an even playing field with the rest of the world. And all those lazy fat dudes, you know, in their suits, you know, sitting on their ancestral money or whatever it is, they're going to have to be real concerned at that point. Because then they're going to have to be competing on the value that they add. And they add absolutely none. And we add all the value. And when the world starts seeing that, they're going to start to really respect their humanity. I mean, us human beings are not, you know, hairless apes hanging out on some ball of dust spinning across the universe. No, we're very special. We're blessed. And all, the whole world is ours. We deserve it. We're here to be tested, but we're here in a beautiful world, brother. And we can have everything. We can have the life for our children that me and you only imagined growing up. Brother, you have what, two kids? I'm too scared to have any. <laughs> I know this world is. But man, I'm going to fight for that world for them, no matter what, brother. No matter what. And it's coming, brother. The future is very bright, ladies and gentlemen. Just keep your chin up, and remember, keep building. Peer-to-peer -peer is the way. We do this now, the future is secure. You don't want to fuck this up right now, believe me. You've got seven years to make this happen, or else. No pressure, though. <laughs> and by the way, everyone listening... If you're looking for an awesome dude to help out on a mission, and you, you know, you'll probably end up feeling sorry for me and really want to help me out. But if you're an exceptional talent and you want to change the world and you're looking for that place in your life, you're wondering what's out there and what you can do to make a real difference in the lives of people like yourself every single day, will you go on and find me, Ray Paxel? Pretty much yes. Wise words from Ray Youssef, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, brother, for taking time to have this conversation. Have a good one.